0: Leading Corporate Transformation, the podcast by VHU Otto School of Management, powered by PwC, on the transformation of companies and their culture, from decision makers for decision makers, or from entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Leading Corporate Transformation, the Vihau podcast powered by PwC. I'm your host, Sardan Özcan, and as always, I'm joined by PwC's very own Gori von (laughs) Hishhausen. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. Um, Our guest today is Dr. Joachim Peerlings, the Chair Managing Director of Keysight Technologies for Germany, who will share his expertise on corporate transformation with a market cap of close to $30 billion dollars. Keysight is a technology company with deep roots in Silicon Valley. Great to have you today with us, Joachim.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me here.
0: Thank you. Why don't we start with you? You've been a company insider since 2000.
1: Yes, yes. So I'm Joachim Pierlings. I live uh, with my wife and our two kids in Stuttgart, actually close by. It's a nice 20 minute uh, walk, maybe not today, but generally. I was born in Duisburg. I studied electrical engineering, always had a passion for technical things. And then, uh, you know, moved to Darmstadt, uh, where I built up the Department of Optical Communication, did my PhD, and then moved to Stuttgart, uh, you know, and started at what is Keysight Technologies today.
2: Cool. So looking at Keysight's technology, not everybody is aware of what Keysight is doing. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of the company and how this company was uh, established? Sure, sure. So first of all, my
1: role is I have a dual head. So I have two heads. One is I'm the chair managing director of Keysight Germany. And then I also lead uh, an industry vertical for Keysight globally that helps customers design and validate components and systems that go into data centers.
2: So, just to get it right, so you are leading a business unit across the globe out of the German entity, right? That's correct. Cool. Oh, that's an interesting aspect that we don't see that often in American companies. Okay, interesting. We will talk about this later. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, if you look at Keysight uh, and Keysight's history, so Keysight traces back to Hewlett Packard. So, in uh, 1939, Uh, Bill Hewlett and Dave Packard, they formed the Hewlett Packard Company in their garage. The first uh, product was an audio oscillator that was bought by uh, Disney for their movie Fantasia. And then uh, they became global in 1959. That was when the first offices were built in Switzerland, Mm -hmm. in Geneva, and also a manufacturing plant in Böblingen. That was the first time that HP came to Germany. And then in 1966, that was the first time that HP did uh, build a computer, and the purpose of that computer was actually to manage and to control a large test system mm-hmm. you know and that mm-hmm. you know became bigger and bigger and then ninety nine when that business uh, really was was a big HP announced the spin-off of at that time Agilent Technologies, which was the uh, electronic test and also the life science and chemical business. And then in 2013, Agilent announced the spin off the electronic measurement and bring that business back to the roots of uh, Hewlett-Packard, basically.
2: Ah, interesting. Yeah, that's quite a story. Um Looking at the company Keysight today, and uh, Dan was already mentioning some of the the facts. But if you if you look at the company, can you give us a little bit more structure on how you operate today? Because as we said before, it's very interesting if you run a business unit out of a local uh, um, business. So, um, give us a little bit more on the key side. How do you operate? What is your business? Um, and, and how do you run the company? Yeah.
1: So, we develop advanced electronic design and validation solutions uh, for different industries. So, we serve, you know, the commercial communications industry, aerospace defense industry, and also uh, electronic industrial like automotive, for example. Automotive is a second vertical that we run uh, you know, out of Germany. And you know, to, to visualize this a little bit more, for the communications business, if you open your mobile phone and you want to change the battery, you would see a lot of electronic components in that phone. And all those components have more likely than not seen some key test solutions during the design phase during the manufacturing phase to build that phone. Or if you look uh, at, you know, chat GPT, that's, you know, it's on everybody's minds. And uh, to to have uh, things running like chat GPT, you need a very fast infrastructure of servers and uh, optical advanced networks that connect different servers that when you send a request via your mobile end device or your computer into a data center that you get that response back. And you know all those different components for servers, for optical networks, that is where we build test solutions for to enable that innovation for these different applications.
0: So uh, innovation is at the core of your company. Um, what Absolutely. makes Germany so special in terms of innovation? At
1: yeah, so we have traditionally been, uh, you know, very innovative, especially if you look at, you know, high-speed optical solutions, high-speed digital solutions. And, uh, you know, we have uh, a lot of our manufacturing in uh, Malaysia, you know, consolidated everything, you know, that we can build out of, uh, you know, Penang, we do. We still have some of the manufacturing for the optical uh, solutions in Germany because it requires very, you know, special skills and uh, you know that part still resides in in Germany. So I think a uh, uh, innovative culture, you know, uh, a diverse culture. We have uh, you know uh, a big site in in Böblingen and in Bochum from the acquisition of Signlab for Automotive. We have some other smaller sites in uh, in Braunschweig, in Dortmund, Hamburg, Oberhaching, and overall fifty six different nationalities in the team. So very diverse team, very diverse culture, and I think that's a. A good base for for innovation.
0: Um, out of roughly 800 people.
2: 850 people in in Germany. Okay. Wow. And looking at the company Keysight, it sounds like you are organized vertically today. So, is that something you were always organized like this, or is it something that was developed and how did you develop it? Yeah. So that was a that was
1: a big transformation. So when we became keyside in 2014, I think that was a big opportunity. To focus on the core, on the roots, and uh, you know, grow in electronic design and and, and measurement, and uh, but what we found is that you know we were organized in what we call. Product divisions. So mm-hmm. uh, at that time, different uh, sites. You know, in in Germany, we had to have sites in Colorado Springs, in Santa Rosa, Santa Clara. You know, all over the world, and and each of those teams were responsible for certain product lines. So you had a, a range of products, and uh, if you if you look at you know a customer challenge, that typically requires a mix of all of those different products, and then you build you know software and services around all those different products to build your solution and that task was basically left to the customer. So the customer was talking to you know, multiple touch point within Keyside. and it, it was for the customer to basically organize and, and get to his or her solution. And that is what we changed you know, when we said you know, we need to be from a horizontal product, basically a hardware centric products company to move to a software-centric solutions company. And that is when we built those verticals.
2: That sounds t- too easy <laughs> 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 because you changed your operating model from head to toe. And uh, that's yes. interesting. So can you talk a little bit about the challenges that you were facing during this journey? Because I can believe not everybody was from right from the beginning uh, a, f- a full fan of the new setup, huh?
1: No that's uh, that's clear I mean if you have uh, you know 75 years of history you know focusing on a product and uh, you know many teams you know their mission was you know I want to be number one yeah. for this product and now you say your know, products are important and you know we still need to serve the market but we are really focused on customers and yeah I I think it's a big challenge to basically pull the company inside out it was a complete mm-hmm. transformation uh, you know, from a product internal focus to an external uh, customer focus. Uh, so there were big challenges, but I think you know, first of all, we had a good story on why that is needed because it was obvious that the complexity was with the customer, and also if you look at innovation and the pace of innovation, how that accelerates for a technology company like us, we need to be very close to customers and, and, and need to understand customers and ecosystems holistically. So if you have different bits and pieces in a company and everybody knows a part, you don't don't get uh, the requirements together for your next technology that you need to build.
2: Running a business unit out of Germany for a US company, can you give a little bit more insights how this works and how the decision process looked like to? to build this up because as you said in Germany we have the automotive which from an industry perspective sounds like uh, uh, easier to get but you are leading the data center solutions out of Germany so it's can you give a little bit more insights how this works yeah
1: yeah I mean
2: we are for uh,
1: both for the automotive segment and uh, for my data center segment we are part of the Keyside uh, leadership team mm-hmm. and uh, you know we built our strategic plan of record you know typically for a three years window yep. together where we you know look at uh, we can talk about the Keyside leadership uh, model later you know how, how do we allocate capital right? and uh, I think one of the big changes when we moved uh, you know out of Agilent technologies and became Keyside. Is that we created a one Keysight culture. So we have different verticals, but we have a very close collaboration in the leadership team to always look at you know what is the best uh, you know capital application, the best thing to do for Keysight, and how can we you know maximize uh, value for for Keysight for their customers, for shareholders, and then also you know build an environment for our employees to grow.
2: So if you say there's a culture. What would you say how, if you would describe it in one sentence? What is the culture?
1: The culture is a collaborative culture. Mm-hmm. I think it's really, you know, building building something great, leading innovation, helping customers to uh, excel. And uh, I think that is what the team makes proud, you know, to be part of many innovations that you use in your daily life. Uh, that is very exciting.
0: So Joachim, one of the things that I'm really curious about is leveraging Across parent and the spin off, right? So, because there's always this idea that once you are out of a company, you kind of you know weaken your dependence, and many companies are unable to leverage. Is there a way you've been able to leverage Agilent's capabilities or, or people or ideas, or you're totally disconnected?
1: Uh, completely uh, disconnected. So, the spin off was really a separation of uh, the electronic measurement. Group and uh, the life science team, <clears throat> and actually, when we when you look at the Agilent days, you know we tried to find the synergies between you know life science and electronic measurements, and there were a couple of those. But you know, at the end, uh, you know, you have uh, different technologies, you have a different investor community, and it didn't really give uh, you know any leverage or synergies, and that was then also led to to the spin-off of uh, Keysight. And so was
0: it like a clean breakup? Yes. Or yes. Okay, yeah. So there yeah, were it was, obstacles. Clean, it was a uh, clean breakup. Uh, yes. Here you have a division, yeah. and then you call yourself something. Else.
1: Exactly. So we basically, when we were spun off you know, in 2014 in November, we uh, basically that was the first time we appeared at the New York Stock Exchange. So we were listed at Keysight Technologies, uh, completely separated.
2: Looking at the world today, it looks like it's complicated for every industry, for every company. Um, So how is it for Keysight at the moment? How is it for your business line data center? I mean, at the uh, uh, on the one hand, you are bringing innovation digitization to the world so there's a strong demand i'm sure but at the same time i can imagine there uh, that also you have challenges when it comes to your supply chain etc so can you give us a little bit of an overview what the current challenges are with the world out there for keysight and for your business your yeah market? yeah so the supply chain
1: uh you know i would say that was uh, an issue for you know maybe the last two years uh I think we, we handled this really, really uh, brilliantly. So we didn't have any customers, uh, you know, who couldn't get uh, their solution. We, you know, put teams in place that looked at, uh, you know, the supply chain situation. We looked at, uh, you know, what parts of the products would need redesign to make sure we can, uh, you know, assure supply for those, uh, for those products and solutions. And then also, you know, the, the new products and solutions we had in the pipeline for NPIs, we looked at, you know, is with, with what we had planned in terms of components, is that, uh, is that doable or do we need to redesign? And then we have an excellent order fulfillment team also globally operating out of Penang that, you know, I must say we, we you know, have really been lucky and, you know, managed the time quite well. But, of course, it was a big uncertainty, you know, when, when this uh, whole supply chain crisis started, right? But we have—if you compare that to the yeah. automotive industry, for yeah. example—we uh, were nothing like that, right? So we yeah. did not have any any issues where we couldn't build a
2: product or couldn't ship a product uh, or
1: could not prioritize that we could serve the market, right? It's,
2: uh, okay. But what would you say? What are the biggest challenges for you at the moment? Uh, you, you say you have a very attractive products. You are very innovative. Um, we, you are building the digital world, but but still, what what are the biggest challenges? Yeah. You're I would say the the biggest
1: challenge in in general is if you look at you know what we do, we need to enable the biggest innovators, and that means we need to be ahead with our technology yeah, yeah. of what everybody else is building. Yeah. And uh, Keysight has a, a centralized Keysight Labs where we build uh-huh. our own technology, we build our own chips, we build our own ASICs, our own packaging. For when it's needed, you know, everything we can get off the shelf, we, of course, get, get off the shelf. But then there is a lot of uh, components and ASICs that we need to build ourselves. We have our own fab, own technology. And that's always a challenge to anticipate, you know, what what are the next moves and what do we need to get into the technology pipe? Because that takes some time to develop those chips yeah. uh, and the t- technology that that aligns with your solution development. right? And that's also, you know, the the... The benefit of having industry verticals, because you have industry verticals getting that condensed knowledge and you know collaborating with customers, or sometimes we say co-innovating, that we are really part of the industry and better understand you know what is needed, what technology do we need to phase in. But that's uh, you know definitely an ongoing challenge on you know how to make those anticipations and, and build that next technology.
0: Do you find talent short in Germany?
1: Uh, in general yes i think uh, talent is is uh, short in germany we are you know trying hard to attract talent and you know if you look at uh, keysight the name keysight is well known with our customers if you would you know ask uh, you know talents if they knew hp better than keysight you would probably get a yes okay. uh, but what is exciting to see is for us when we get young talents into our office in in böblingen or in bochum mm-hmm. That's really exciting to see because, you know, those talents suddenly see what we do here in Germany and, you know, what kind of technology is possible and how we enable our customers. And then so it's, it's easy for us to get the talents, you know, once we can tell people, you know, what we do. But in general, you know, I think it's not easy to... To get a pool pool of talent, and uh, you know we have collaborations with universities. You know, also, if you look in, in Bochum, uh, in a very close collaboration there. You know we have interns, you know that we get you know from many places in the world, and that's a good uh, you know pipeline to see those uh, interns you know that want to stay. Uh, that we basically convert those into permanent employees.
0: I mean, since we got you here, we need to ask you a question about AI. Yeah. Yeah. So how is AI affecting you as site?
1: So f- first of all, AI is uh, fueling a lot of growth. If you look at you know all the big data center companies, if you look at Microsoft, Google, Amazon, anybody, the race is about AI and we enable AI. So the, all the infrastructure that goes into AI uh, is, is you know we enable that and you know all the technology needs to build so that's a gross a big gross vector and especially if you look at uh you know the competition competition on that next big thing you know building an AI platform but also democratizing AI is uh you know is everybody what is looking for those for us uh, you know we see that as a as a huge opportunity
0: are you using AI to Improve your processes internally, or changing your business model.
1: Yes, uh, we do that as well. Especially if you look at uh, the CRM system you know, and how you do marketing end-to-end automation. Uh, we use that. We use that also. You know, we have a a channel for refurbished equipment for example we we analyze uh, you know with ai you know pricing and you know how do you set uh, the right offering so there are you know multiple touch points where we use ai but it definitely if you see you know how those capabilities increase you know that will be a much bigger part in the future as well especially when we talk about the generative ai you know we use that you know not systematically, but I think that's uh, that's an opportunity for I would say every company to see on how do you how do you use also generative AI in the future.
2: yeah, so it's good to hear that you take the own medicine of ai for for your business, but coming back to uh, your business uh, environment. Who are your main competitors in this area? Because it, it sounds like you need to work very integrated with your customers. So this kind of relationship, business relationship, seems to start very early. So uh, how should we uh, anticipate how, how does your uh, competition looks like and how does a, a project start at, at your end?
1: Yeah, I think if you look at competition, uh, it's pretty much the competition works like we work, back in the division days, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's just that you could look at, you know, each of the competitors being a division. Yeah. And that is also when you go back to, you know, when we, when we started, uh, you know, the, the fresh company in 2014, that we found ourselves, you know, being multiple competitors consolidated and, and working against, you know, different vendors, different competitors at, at customers. And, uh, you know, I think that's a, a big advantage for Keysight that when we, I would say that the biggest advantage is when we go to a customer, we, we don't have a certain product in mind that we want to sell. You know, mm-hmm. if, uh, for our competitors, that's typically the case. So you have a, a certain set of products, so you you go there, you want to make a sale, so you look, you know, how do how does my product fit into the project schedule, in, into yeah. the development? So when we uh, and, and when I go to a customer, I'm basically fully relaxed because I can listen to the challenges, and then we can see okay what, what makes sense, what is a solution for what the customer is trying to do, right? Because we have that breadth of portfolio that I can really tailor everything towards customers' needs, and you know I don't need to try to argument why a certain product is at this phase of the project needed. But I can basically look at you know, what is the stage of the project, you know, what are the design tools that you need, what are the services that you need, the different solution elements, and then also grow you know, with, with the customer you know, when you go from all the way from design
2: to validation and then eventually into manufacturing. Right. So, support. if I uh, summarize it, it means that you are developing solutions. So it's like consulting work, actually, but you also own the components that you need to build this solution, right? Yeah, I wouldn't and, say. And this a, is something other competitors are not so capable of. So they are more focusing on some of the components they like to sell. Is it that right? That's that's correct. Okay, right?
1: and, and I wouldn't say it, it's not a consultancy business per se but you know we have that element so we mm-hmm. have services and, and those services you know could be a consultancy or could be building that solution so you have those different components and if you customize and tailor something to specific requirements you know we have those uh, service teams that would
2: you know add the customer, so understanding what is required is what where, where you say our solution depends on what is required, and I need to understand first what is really required to build the solution. Exactly, and this is also the differentiating factor in in competition.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
2: Talking about your customers, you know, you ha- you have many customers. So these are the, the are these the, the Googles of this world, or can, can you? It's a whole. It's a, the the cloud service providers
1: and that okay. whole food chain. So every yeah. you know every company that builds uh, you know chips and ASICs for servers. Yeah. You know, and servers are integrated into yeah. data centers. Yeah. Then we have a an whole it. ecosystem of you know optical and electrical component vendors that build uh, things like optical transceivers that do optical data communication yep. those are part of a data center and connect those different servers to aggregate all the data and basically communicate with someone like you sitting at your yep. laptop and uh, you know uh, uh, making a request so that whole ecosystem and chain of optical and electrical component module system makers that you know eventually build up a, a data center that a Google or Amazon would run got it
0: so um, let's talk about Silicon Valley and its influence over, over you here. Um, so your roots are in Silicon Valley, you're still part of the ecosystem over there. Uh, let's start from an entrepreneurial point of view, right? So um, how do you discover entrepreneurial opportunities in Keysight? Um, for new businesses, new growth opportunities. Yeah, I think it's really
1: connecting with the industry. And you know, if you if you uh, talk about entrepreneurial, when we, uh, you know, made the change to go from horizontal to vertical, uh, you know, business business uh, groups, uh, you know, we we painted the vision of you know what we want to achieve and the the ecosystem that we wanted to engage with, and build that ecosystem map with a with a team. And that felt like a, like a startup, right? And it freed up a lot of energy. And I think by being close to two customers and knowing the complete ecosystem, you see the trends. You know, for example, of you know higher integration of electronics and optics, or you know, if you look in the car industry, right, a car becomes uh, or is you know already a computer on wheels we we serve uh, you know the industry with you know with battery test with uh, one of the latest uh, solutions we built was a radar scene emulator right so we work with you know car makers and uh, look at you know how can car makers uh, you know test their autonomous drive without having to drive through the city and do the life driving mm-hmm. and that is uh, you know where when you when you really understand the whole industry where you know, those innovations come and, and you build those uh, completely new solutions.
2: This brings us to a topic which is high on the agenda of many executives and I think of the uh, society in general, which is sustainability. So what would you say? How How is Keysight uh, tackling with this topic? How do you help to make the world more sustainable and at the same time with how you do business how do you incorporate ESG standards and these things in your business approach yeah so first of all you know we of course we have our own
1: targets and we want to uh, be you know a decade uh, ahead of the Paris agreement you know with being net zero in Keysight okay so that's one so how do we and we have you know ongoing uh, projects to see you know how, how can you save power right I mean do you have inge- intelligent lightning do you have uh, solar panels uh, do you have uh, an electronic car fleet mm-hmm. uh, you know how do you reduce power for your data centers i think those are all you know a lot of internal things to to see you know how do we become net zero and uh, you know we have uh, many projects there but if you look uh, you know what impact we have globally if you look at uh, the automotive industry so we enable battery cars we we you know enable automotive driving that will eventually lead to a completely new way of transportation because it's not only the move from combustion engine to electrical it's also you know how many cars do we really need and how do we how do we help you know the world to uh, to go to a new way of transportation and then for the data center business uh, for for our customers there are two metrics one is cost and the other is power and the industry measures that with uh, you know uh, uh, picojoule per gigabit so you have a certain bandwidth mm-hmm. that you can transmit yeah. and what is the energy uh, you consume and it is for two reasons one is uh, power is very expensive if you look at the megawatts uh, you yeah. need uh, for for data centers you know uh, the the chat gpt3 took uh, you know 1.3 megawatt hours to wow. train so wow. that's uh, 4.3 yeah. million dollars and uh, jet gpt4 is assumed to take 100 million dollars just for training costs, so it's a huge cost yes. to train it, and of course the discussion is also uh, ongoing to say, you know, is that, you know, is that responsible to have those large data centers? Everybody likes to watch Netflix movies and use uh, chat GPT, but it consumes a lot of power, and uh, the industry is really focused on. Getting power consumption down—that yeah. is where we help with with our innovation. You so know. the efficiency of the system is driven by you. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. New—if you look at you know new semiconductors huh. that are developed, uh, we enable you know those new semiconductors. We test those new chips, and then every generation is dramatically reducing the power consumption relative to the data that it transmits. So I think that's a that's a big contribution. And then, of course, data centers also look, you know, can you use uh, green energy, you know, how do you balance that as well? Yeah. But making data transmission
2: more efficient is a huge part of uh, enabling that. So I, I, I like the importance of innovation for sustainability and that you are really contributing through this to the system. Yes, yes. And it's
1: also, we talked about talents uh, before. And, you know, in, in Germany, uh, every, every quarter we have our... You know, communication or coffee talks, and I talk to every single person that comes new to Germany. And it's so it, first of all, it's very refreshing, you know, yeah. to see what's on people's mind. Everybody has expectations and you know a lot of energy, so that's very yeah. exciting. Uh, but also, you see more and more often how important, especially for the young generation, sustainability is, and also what do we give back. society, So I have more often than not, especially young people sitting at my desk and they say, you know, if if you wouldn't make a contribution to society, I would not be interested. So I'm interested in, you know, what I do. I like the technology. But if if that, you know, wasn't contributing and if you would not be giving back something, you know, I'm not sure if that was my company. Right. So I I see that uh, it's important. Which is a fair point
2: to me.
0: So um, what is so German about your culture?
1: I think we, uh, so we combine the German engineering spirit with a U.S. corporate, right? And and as for me, I think it would probably, you know, be difficult if I would, you know, move to a traditional German company sitting in a queue, you know, I think we have a very open culture and, you know, together with our engineering heads, that, that, that is a very good fit to spur innovation and uh, you know in 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 our teams you know anybody can make any suggestion talk about any idea you know anybody can come to my desk there's no hierarchy there is just collaboration and that spurs innovation so nobody needs to be afraid of you know making a bad suggestion because every suggestion is good because you know it it brings you further right and I think the, the combination of German engineering minds with, uh, you know, this this very entrepreneurial open, experience. entrepreneurial, uh, you know, US culture that's the
0: uh, so best of both worlds, yes. essentially. Um, how do you keep your company agile as you grow?
1: I think one is, uh, you know, having a diverse team, you know, and we have, uh, you know, a DEI, you know, uh, panel in Keyside. I'm also part of it, you know, uh, one of the... Uh, executives there and uh, I think it's important to make sure that you keep a diverse set of employees and that's what we what we look for also when we have interns you know when we attract talents I think that's uh, that's very important so
0: so diversity in the sense of Gender,
1: gender, you know, nationalities, nationalities, and education and, uh, background, education background, skill sets. Uh, I think I mentioned that earlier. Uh, you know, when you also for the for the transformation, when you have your your vertical business uh, units and you have horizontal uh, R and D centers, uh, you know that was a key a challenge, but also I- important to see. You know what is a skill mix of what you have you know and i'm a strong believer of uh, on, you know building on on people's skills you always need to change and and learn but i think you know identifying wh- where can somebody you know contribute with with skills and if you have a team with a diverse skill set that you know is a sets you up for success you know building those transformations where you said you know you have a lot of people you know who want to work in a vertical they have a certain mindset. And they can contribute. That's their skill set. And then you have others where you say they perfectly fit into a vertical and uh, you know building that mix and and getting that mix into the company to then uh, you know adapt and and build that team. I think that's important.
2: Joachim, um, we talk a lot about the engineering excellence. We talk a lot about the products, the customers. Looking at the corporate transformation looking at the corporate functions let's take an example i'm from finance so i'm also always interested in how do you look at the finance function does the finance function of your company how can it contribute to the success of your business um, what what would you say what what is the role of the corporate function in this very innovative business model that you run i think finance is
1: uh, it's essential right so yeah. and uh, you know it's in especially and it's also part of our leadership model is uh, capital allocation mm-hmm. so i think making making decisions on on how do you how do you build uh, how do you apply your capital you know if you look at you know how much do you invest in r d if you know we invest yeah. you know 16 of our revenue roughly mm-hmm. in r d it's pretty pretty high percentage well, then uh, you know making decisions uh, on you know if you look at m and you know we do very selective m and a's we are not a company that you know, kind it's of assembling a lot time, of, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, smaller companies and, you know, build our corporate cultures around, but very selective, you know, where it makes financially sense, where yeah. it fits the strategy. And uh, I think that's uh, a, a big part uh, you know, of uh, our
2: financial functions to, to, to model that and to model that business for us. So to drive the business sense of all the decisions that you need to take that's what how finance can contribute absolutely
1: and you know uh, you know helping all functions to run that operating model so we have uh, you know an excellent operating model we uh, you know excel and you know improve operational excellence and that is uh, you know what finance can help us with uh, if we look at margin expansion for example or you know i think different different ways on you know how do we, we improve you know operational excellence. How do you uh, improve the financial performance of a company? Because that, in turn, you can invest in new products and solutions, and that's
2: uh, that's a wheel that you need to keep keep flying. Basically, we talked about your usage of AI. Um, we we talked about how much you contribute to the digitization of the world, how you build the backbone of digitization, of uh, of all the new technologies evolving. So, looking at how do you also, use technology when it comes to your HR function. When it comes to finance. When it comes to procurement, how digitized would you say is your operating model in the, uh, let's say, a headquarters or a, a corporate functions?
1: Yeah, I think we are we are pretty uh, digitized, and we also have uh, you know an IT function mm-hmm. that basically you know defines uh, transitions and you know how we. Uh, you know, improve for digitization, I talked about, uh, you know, marketing automation, we have, uh, you know, centralized uh, manufacturing in Penang and procurement systems, and, uh, you know, all the the IT infrastructure, Mm -hmm. you know, those projects are basically centralized, planned on how we, uh, you know, drive further digitization for the company.
2: Interesting. So yeah. So you, again, it comes to taking your own medicine, applying it in the yes. way how you operate. Yes, absolutely. Good.
0: Yeah. So then much to ask. Over right? to you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you. Let's talk about leadership then. Yeah. One area which we haven't touched yet. Every time you meet a new employee, what leadership advice do you give, if you give any?
1: Yeah. I think the the, if I could give one advice, it is you know being open minded, and not painting uh, the way you think your career should go. So I didn't do that when I came to to Keysight uh, or to Edgeland at that time. You know if you have a certain personality and style then opportunities come to you and you know the company will ask you know who can take more responsibility and then uh, you raise your arm and and that's you know how you excel. Uh, You know I have seen people trying to want to force it and I don't think that's a, that's a good way of doing it. I think if you are open-minded if you always contribute and and always try also to do a little bit the job of your next level and have that mindset you know before you say when I when I'm not having that level I don't do this kind of job that's not the right way to do it right but you know really stepping in if there is uh, you know accountability to take or responsibility step in and uh, accountable for something that you may not own and that brings you visibility and and that is how how leaders surface, right? And that that would be your advice.
0: And during the, you know, going along with the leadership topic here, during the spin-off process, was there anything that kind of terrified you as a leader?
1: No, not really. I think it was overall, if you look at you know you have now spin off a, a relatively in quote you know small organization and you turn it inside out of course everybody you know asks the question will that will that work out right or you know how how big will the disruption be but i think the it the, the transformation made so much sense and i think we could also understand and paint the vision quickly that, uh, uh, for me, it was uh, it, it was uh, the, the best time of, of my career, for sure. And, you know, I mentioned before that it was like a relief, you know, that suddenly you could have a completely different impact. And uh, I think painting that vision and
2: transport that, uh, you know, the, to the team, that that was important. So looking at your career, at your personal career, I, I mean, you have a very colorful CV. You have a very technical background. You joined the let's say, dark side of management. <laughs> so what would you say? How, how was your way from being so driven by developing and being in the technology space to, to, to join more management functions?
1: Yeah, I, could, I would probably say, you know, when I had my five years in Darmstadt and, uh, you know, developed very exciting technology, you know, I developed, you know, micromechanical filters for the optical industry, you know, very yeah. advanced, very uh, technically, and uh, you know I had a lot of fun, and you know when when I finished that, I said you know I have have done enough in, in R and D, and I want to work with customers to define those technologies. So I mm. could I felt a little bit that you know working on those different projects and doing R and D, uh, you know would not enable me to see the. The, the bigger picture of you know what customers do and how to enable innovation, and that's probably not true if I look at some of my peers that have uh, you know executive r and d roads yeah. but you know that was my picture at that moment that uh, and not from a career motivation but more I, I wanted to work with with customers I wanted to be involved in projects and uh, you know have that discussion and define what is needed rather than than, than build it myself. Oh, very interesting. So it was actually when when I came to uh, Agilent at that time, uh, you know, I was offered you know R and D or marketing positions, and uh, they you know probably wanted to see you know how determined I am, and they said you know okay if we don't give you. The marketing job? Would you take the R and D job? And I said no. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, wouldn't do it.
2: Which was an interesting, I, I think, uh, uh, response, and they were a little bit surprised, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. with yeah, your but background. Huh? Yeah. But
1: I really, yeah. you know, wouldn't have uh, done it. I think that was for me. It was clear that you know I wanted to,
2: to you know, work close with customers, define uh, things, and. So if you put it into a career advice to a young electronic engineer what would you tell them what would they what should they do if they want to follow a career like yours
1: Yeah I, I think I mentioned being open and you know taking the next step and then looking for the next next step okay. I think if you if you try to plan your career through then that's uh, you know a, I would say that hinders you more than it opens doors. It's always good to see, you know, for example, if you have an an R and D career and you say, you know, I I probably don't want to be my whole life in an R and D function. To see what could be complementary, I think that's important, right? To say, you know, do I need to have some sales experience? And would I do some technical function, you know, in in a sales organization? That's probably wise to do. Uh, But but I would say, you know, don't design your career through too much, but, you know, keep your doors open, keep your doors open, your mind open and uh, then you know, follow your, your passion. I think that's. Uh,
0: so do you have any plans for the next level then?
1: Yeah. I think we have a, a lot still to do in, in Keysight. So I think, uh, you know, in my current role, you know, advancing data centers, I think that's uh, enough to do. And, you know, I'm always open to see, you know, what I can do, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not planning
2: for different steps. I think it's, it's so much, uh, so many challenges and uh, interesting stuff to do. So, yeah, that's very interesting all we learned today, because I, I'm very happy to hear how important we out of Germany still are playing in the field of developing these data center solutions, which we also help to build the backbone of digitization. I think sometimes uh, it's not a present enough. We do see that all of this is happening outside of, of Europe, outside of Germany. Um, but we have places like yours who are really contributing to it and developing the future of digitalization so that's absolutely. that's a very very positive takeaway from today absolutely and of course all you are saying about uh, how to, uh, to to run a company how to uh, to face the challenges and of course also the career advices you are giving and they are not just applicable for engineers right so yes, they are yeah, also yeah. important for for for, for mbas etc right? yeah
0: Okay, so um, let's ask our perennial question then. Yes.
2: Corey. Final question. So Joachim, we always like to learn more, even after a podcast with a person like you. So what would be a good book, read, podcast that you would uh, recommend us to, 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 to hear, to listen, to read? Yeah. So
1: uh, I think there are probably a lot of business books and uh, things you, you uh, could read. But then you know, I talked a lot about, you know, being open-minded, you know, and uh, one uh, book that really impressed me was uh, A Short History of Humankind. Mm-hmm. It's from uh, yoval Noah Harari. Yes. You know, it's very inspiring and it takes, you know, uh, a mankind, you know, into, you know, 550 pages. Yes. And, uh, you know,
2: that's mind-opening
1: and uh, that's a recommendation
2: no it's a very good book uh, i l- i read it and i, I cannot uh, um, i'm very convinced it's it's a very good read yeah thanks for this advice
0: well thank you then uh for a wonderful thank you for having me uh, uh, it was discussion. an eye-opener as gory said in many ways um and we wish you all the best and i hope you'll hear more about keysight and, and the achievements going forward Hope so especially too. the German, <laughs> yes, <laughs> the German yes. run global business
2: units so thank, thank you, you very much thank for you so me much it was a great pleasure take care bye 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 bye
0: That was leading corporate transformation the podcast by V. H. U. Beisheim School of Management powered by PWC editorial team Marvin Schuna and Simon Gerlach.